Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, sister, and daughter. And I'm Carrick Morinaga, yoga teacher, Rick and Morty fanatic, and Watchmen watcher. Every week we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga philosophy, principle, or theme. Today's topic is samadhi, the Sanskrit word for transcendence. What is samadhi? Samadhi is kind of the whole point of the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Patanjali's main interest in creating his system of the eight limbs of yoga, of creating the Yoga Sutras, it's all about samadhi. It's all about getting us to samadhi. Samadhi is pretty much indescribable. We can talk about what we think the definition is or how we feel about it, but there's probably not one definition or even one word that can completely describe it. I do like transcendence because samadhi transcends everything. It transcends our ideas and knowledge and feelings and samadhi transcends our very existence. That's a great one word for it. And then let's unpack that. What is samadhi? What do we, what do we think it is? How do we feel about it? In one of the Yoga Sutras books that Phoebe and I have been studying is by Swami Satchidananda. The translation for chapter three, sutra three, or rather book three, sutra three, is samadhi is the same meditation where there is the shining of the object alone as if devoid of form. Samadhi is the same meditation when there is the shining of the object alone as if devoid of form. We talked a little bit in previous episodes about dharana concentration, which is the beginning of meditation, and you concentrate or focus on one object or idea or thought, and then that takes effort to concentrate, to focus, and that starts the meditation. And then the meditation happens when there's a steady stream of consciousness a flow of energy towards that object, and it almost becomes effortless. So it moves from concentrated effort to an effortless state of meditation where energy awareness is flowing towards just the one object. And then samadhi happens when the meditator, you or me, no longer even identifies with the object itself the meditator and the object go away and all that's left is samadhi, this transcendent state of being or transcendent existence that goes beyond ourselves and the objects of our world. What is samadhi? In our last episode, I talked about, so the, the two limbs leading up to samadhi are dharana and dhyana. And I talked about how dharana is like turning on a hose. It requires effort. Dhyana 
is like the flow of water coming from a hose that requires just allowing of the flow. And walk with me here for a second. I was thinking about, okay, well then what is samadhi in this metaphor? I think samadhi is the occasional rainbow that you get. If you're, if you have water coming from a hose and it hits the sun in a particular way and you see this amazing rainbow. And the thing about rainbows is you can't force them. You can't just will them to happen. They transcend form really and they're they're beyond anything you can touch and they don't always happen when you're when you have water coming from a hose and just as soon as you see it sometimes it's gone and that is the best way I can ground samadhi in something that we can relate to you know, one thing that really struck me in reading about it is that it's not a practice. It's not something that you can practice with effort. It's this state that if you have all of the seven limbs leading up to it aligned can maybe much like a rainbow happen. And it's this really beautiful transcendental experience that can then dissipate very quickly as well. I've sometimes heard of samadhi as being described as the void. So this experience of nothingness where we're outside of our experience of our bodies, our minds, or our emotions. We're outside of the experience of the outside world, other people, objects, things in our world. But this is where I have a hard time with it. If we are describing this state of nothingness of a void it sounds an awful lot like death to me is that what we're trying to experience are we trying to experience death or absolute nothingness i have a little bit of a hard time with that that my whole yoga practice all of the meditation that i'm doing is to experience nothing that's very challenging for me i don't know that i i really want that is that what i want out of my practice I don't know that I can say yes to that. Well, as you're saying that, what's coming to me is that it's really working toward an ego death, which is a death, yes. And it's death with awareness beyond the ego, which is what identifies us as this separate being. Samadhi is awareness that isn't tied to who we are. It's just awareness of things happening around us, but without the distinguishing factor of they're happening to me. And it's hard for me to say whether I've ever experienced samadhi. I think I've experienced it a few times in meditation for fleeting moments of just feeling my body and my awareness melt into everything around me and still having awareness of things around me, but not immediately being like, oh, they're happening to Phoebe. And so I think that's ultimately what this is getting to is the death of 
ego awareness. Does that resonate with you? Yes. And I'll add on to that. So then if we're disconnecting from the little self, me, Carrick, yoga teacher, Rick and Morty fan, watchman watcher, put all that aside and all of the other different things that we've said over the, I don't know how many episodes we've done of this podcast, Phoebe, but we have identified ourselves each time in a couple of different ways, as well as yoga teachers. And it is the death to all of that, putting everything, every way that we've described ourselves aside. So I'm no longer a husband, a brother, a rock climber, a yoga teacher, a yoga student, a Star Wars fan. All of those things get put aside and my existence transcends all of those things and it becomes even bigger than those things. So I'm not connected to those objects, those definitions of me. I'm no longer those definitions of me. The subject and object objects goes away and I have a bigger existence, a bigger awareness. So if that's what you're talking about, I'm in. I want that. I don't want to experience nothingness, but I'm willing to die to being a Rick and Morty fan and being a a Watchmen watcher if that connects me to something much bigger than both of those things. For a time, I think it's important to, you know, we talk about the ego death as something that we want to work toward. And yes, it's a, it's an interesting experience, but I think it's interesting when it's a, it's a pulsation between having ego and then the ego dying. We identify ourselves as all of these different things over the episodes to show all of the different dimensions of self, which is one part of the polarity. And comically, the other part of the polarity is that we're none of that. And so Samadhi is like the polar opposite of our ego identity, which is really interesting to experience in meditation or for these fleeting moments. And it's always really interesting to wake up back in your body and be like, oh, right, in this form, I am Phoebe. I am a sister and a daughter, and I like to follow the moon cycles, and I'm a Scorpio. And Samadhi requires ego identity in order for us to experience the transcendence of it. And I think that's something very important. I've never thought about it that way. Samadhi requires the ego experience to then transcend it and experience Samadhi. That's really interesting. I like it. I don't know if that's right. (laughs) It just came to me. Well, from our human experience, I think it's absolutely true. Let's say you didn't have a sense of self because of, I don't know, a brain injury or something was wrong with your mind and you didn't have a sense of self, then would you be able to experience samadhi? I think maybe not. Maybe samadhi is a human experience 
a transcendent human experience. Right. So, I, so then let's, I'm, my mind is going in different same. places. So for example, <laughs> do squirrels, can squirrels experience <laughs> samadhi? They don't have the human ego experience. So maybe they can't experience samadhi. We're going off the rails right now. <laughs> but it's a really good question. I mean, first of all, what is the squirrel experience like? Squirrel samadhi, yeah. <laughs> squirrel, squirrel dharana, squirrel diana, and squirrel samadhi. Oh, right. And or, those squirrels can get really focused on things, though. Right. Yeah. They can, right. They, can, they can focus. Um, right. They can concentrate. I don't know if they experience the flow state or, or samadhi, though. I think, I think maybe their experience is a little more limited. Right. But so the question is, do squirrels or other beings besides humans, do they just come in with the awareness like they've had in, do squirrels have egos? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but I don't think it's in the same way that we have egos. Right. We'll never I, know. Yeah, I'll never know because I've never been a squirrel that, uh, that I know of. Right. Maybe next lifetime. Maybe next lifetime I'll be a squirrel. But this is an interesting conversation because what is coming to me is that samadhi requires the identity of ego. If we're going to define samadhi as transcendence, there has to be something to transcend. I agree. The term transcendence implies that there's something to transcend the ego experience is what we're transcending so i think you're right i don't think i've ever read that in a yoga text but i feel like you're onto something there and i like it the other ways of describing samadhi are very abstract and they remind me of zen riddles which i think we've talked about before zen riddles are these little kind of aphorisms like i remember one of them was the syllable of om is the sound of one hand clapping so there are these little sayings that refer to very abstract ideas but other ways of thinking of samadhi is the place where polarities meet in the sutras Sachinananda talks about how when there is a lack of light, there is darkness. But when light comes on really brightly, you're blinded, making you feel like you're in darkness. And so samadhi is polarities meeting to become the same thing, which is also abstract. And it comes back to the idea of in meditation, you as the meditator and the object that you're focusing on becoming one. When you're not in samadhi, you are the meditator and the object of your breath or a candle flame or something are separate. And in samadhi, there is no separation, much like there being no separation between light and dark and up and down and all of these other things when you experience transcendence of form. Another way to think of samadhi is we might be able to say that samadhi is spirit. 
if this existence, our bodies, the planet Earth, the universe is this very physical, earthbound existence, then samadhi transcends that and is something else. And maybe it is spirit. Again, I don't think that Patanjali would say that samadhi is spirit, but it's maybe another way that we could conceptualize it because it is such an abstract concept. Samadhi is indescribable. That's why we have things like Zen riddles and very abstract descriptions to try to describe the indescribable. One of my favorite ways of talking about everything that's not the universe is to refer to it, everything that's not the universe as spirit. And maybe that's this experience of samadhi. Have you ever, do you think that you've experienced samadhi or have you experienced samadhi? I feel the same way that you do. It's maybe glimpses of samadhi. It's moments. Again, because it's indescribable, then maybe I have and maybe I haven't. Because if we can't describe it, how do I know that I've experienced it? No, but I, I think that I have. And it's, it's fleeting moments. It's just for a moment in meditation. It's a moment in a restorative pose when you are just at that threshold between being very physically conscious and almost being asleep. It's that my wife calls it the sweet spot in between. And you get this moment where you're not your body. You're not on earth. You're not you or the object of what you're doing. Everything just sort of feels like one existence or feels like not in existence at the same time. Experiencing the entire universe and experiencing nothing at the same time. It's a fleeting moment in meditation or in yoga. And like you said, we can't control it. We can't make it happen. We can't force samadhi. Going back to the hose analogy, the effort is to turn on the hose it's effortless once the water starts flowing. We don't push the water through the hose. The, the water just flows out. Then to not even be conscious of the flow is something that we can't make happen. We can't force it to happen. Samadhi is this, to me, it's a state of being or awareness that happens without effort. And I think that the more we practice, the more we meditate, the more we create the conditions for samadhi, the better chance we have of experiencing it. And maybe we get longer glimpses. Maybe we get more little flashes of samadhi. And some people have been meditating and practicing yoga for so long, and they're so adept at it that they are blessed with being able to experience samadhi for longer periods and, and more than, than say others who are newer to the practice. And I definitely consider myself personally newer to a lot of the practices, even though I've been doing, you know, I've been practicing yoga for coming up on 20 years soon. Coming back to the question of why, like why would we want to experience 
the universe or the lack of the universe or all of these polarities that we're talking about. For me personally, in a relatable way, I like working towards samadhi or getting close to samadhi because it helps me take the experience of being Phoebe a little bit less seriously. It gives me that fleeting observer or witness awareness of my experience of being Phoebe. And it allows me to just watch it with curiosity instead of being really enmeshed with it. I think that's where Samadhi can be somewhat practical because a lot of sadness and suffering and different isms come from over-identifying with our ego-identity, from over-identifying with the ways that we know ourselves. And Samadhi gives us this chance to take a step back and look at the human form that we embody and all of these different qualities of it and really just marvel at it and not be so hard on it. And appreciate that it exists at all because we could be having a squirrel experience instead of a human experience right now. And who knows, maybe squirrels are living it up and we're the ones that are, you know, who knows what squirrels think of us. But from a practical perspective, I think that is my why of why I'd want to get closer to Samadhi. I like the way that you describe it. It's taking a step back to see the bigger picture so you're not as serious about the Phoebe experience and you get to see it from a higher place, from a higher vantage point. It makes you less attached to the little day-to-day things because you see things from a bigger picture. You see your life from, from above. You see all of life from a higher perspective. Again, I'm not sure that that's what Samadhi is. I feel like that's not exactly how Patanjali describes it. For Patanjali, the goal, the intention of the Yoga Sutras, of the Eight Limbs of Yoga is Samadhi. Samadhi, Samadhi, Samadhi. He mentions it a bunch and talks about it and describes it in all of these abstract different ways. And there's even which we're not going to get into today. There's even levels of samadhi. There's different types of samadhi. Everything is about samadhi for Patanjali. And that's the goal. That's the intention. For us as tantric philosophers, we have a slightly different goal, a slightly different intention that's more aligned with what you were describing, I think. In tantra, or at least in Anusara yoga, I'm not going to put it on all of tantra, In Anusara Yoga, we have two high intentions. The two highest intentions of Anusara Yoga are Chit and Ananda, consciousness and bliss. And I really feel like what you described was Chit Ananda. Chit is the consciousness, this awareness that you are so much more than your day-to-day experience and little trials and tribulations. You are this big expanded being, you have this life that's going to span, you know, decades and 
having that higher perspective and not getting caught up in the minutia, that is chit, the consciousness, this higher consciousness, this awareness that you are so much more and that you're connected to the universe herself. And then there's a joy in that. There's a beauty in that. I think you even described it. You said that, right? Beauty. There's a beauty in seeing things from that perspective. Did you say that? No, but I like it. I thought you, okay, that's what I heard. So, you know, there's this beauty that comes from having this higher perspective. And that's Ananda in just this enjoyment of this bigger perspective of seeing everything as interconnected. So Chit and Ananda, if that's the goal of the experience of yoga and of meditation, then I'm in, I'm a hundred percent in for that. And, and I do feel that I've experienced those things um, both on and off of the mat in really identifiable, vivid, experiential ways, uh, consciousness and bliss. The void thing is, you know, if we're describing samadhi as a void, formless, shapeless, that's a little hard to identify that as an experience because it's an experience of nothing Mm. to me. Right. How do you experience nothing? nothing? Yeah. That's the Zen riddle. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not sure where to go from here. Um, <laughs> Samadhi is, it's the last of the eight limbs. It is fleeting. Even if you do experience it, it might be gone just as soon as you acknowledge it, which also begs the question, how do you acknowledge nothingness, but I won't pull at that thread too much. We would love to hear your experiences of samadhi if you are able to identify them. We obviously had our challenges in trying to define ours and even describe it. So please let us know your definitions, your experiences. Um, Send us a message on Instagram Our handle is at yoga.chit.chat. You can also send us an email through our website, www.yogachitchat.com. And we're always open to receive your flow of support on our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash yogachitchat, where you can donate to us making more wacky episodes like this one. And if you're a squirrel and you want to tell us about your consciousness ego experience, please let us know. Please let us know. Yeah, really, really want to find any squirrels who've had an ego death. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. See you next time.